Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. I to this guy for wisdom. Well, what do you know, Captain? A uh, a Pennsylvania jury acquitted the pro-life activist. I think his, his name was Mark. I don't know if you pronounce his last name, Hoke or Hook, but he's the 48-year-old man, father, family man. And, you know, the, the FBI, the DOJ, sent a SWAT team essentially to his home, all armed, banging on his door in the middle of the night and arrested him. Arrested him because a year before, this gentleman had gone outside an abortion clinic to protest. He's pro-life. And he got into an altercation with an older man who was accompanying accompanying a girl into the abortion clinic. And he had his son with him, that is Mark, the pro-life activist. And apparently, you know, the old guy had some unsavory language uh, aimed at Mark's son. He was verbally assaulting his son. And, you know, Mark asked him to stop and get away. And he pushed the guy and he, he fell down. He wasn't injured. Nothing happened. Police were involved. And they didn't, they didn't do anything to the guy. Well, and, you know, before the midterm elections, the Democrats wanted to turn abortion into a big issue. And so, of course, they weaponized the DOJ and the FBI to create instances that they could use to portray, you know, pro-life activists as the terrorists that only the left is. And so, thank God, literally, you know, this Pennsylvania jury acquitted this guy. But, I mean, it's just the, the most insane thing. I mean... That that incident, Captain, happened on October 13th, 2021. And then um, I guess they rolled into his house, you know, a year later. Just crazy. There's a reason I'm opening the show with this, by the way. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. I'm opening with this because I, I, I just want everyone to remember how the DOJ and the FBI have been weaponized against the political opponents of the Democratic Party. The FBI is an instrument of the left, of intimidation and so on and so forth. And I'll point something else out out as well, Captain. I mean, this guy's lucky, Mark, that this jury tried him uh, uh, in Pennsylvania. Because if this had happened in in Washington, D.C., I think it would have been a different outcome. And that's why the Biden administration and everyone else, they rely on these D.C. courts to, to, to get the rulings, indictments that they seek. I mean, the whole system is so corrupt. I mean, I think that should be clear right now, by now, right? I mean, I think every, everyone should understand that. So anyway, good for him. He's, he's, he's in the clear. I, uh, did you watch any of the football over the weekend, Captain? You didn't have time. He's, he's a hardworking man. I'm lazy. I'm lazy. I, I took all day yesterday off and watched two football games. The 49ers, of course, and against the Eagles. And, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, Captain. And as painful as the Cowboys game was for me, I'm so glad I'm not a 49ers fan. I mean, when's the last time you saw a fourth-string quarterback go into the game and then get hurt only to bring in the third-string quarterback who can't throw a football? I mean, I, you know, I feel bad for them. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean or cruel here, but it was just crazy. And then, of course, you know, you had, well, I guess the highlights was Jill Biden was at the game and she was seated 
beside, of course, Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner. And it's so corrupt. I mean, the, 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 the NFL, I mean, they're all in the tank with these Dems and their agenda. But anyway, Jill Biden was there. I, I hope her husband wasn't worried about her. You know, she does have a track record of, of cheating. By the way, you know, it's so funny. Um, uh, gosh, what's her name? I just, I just forgot her name. The beautiful blonde bombshell that was on Fox News for a long time. There was a, an anchor. Anyway, Megan. I mean, as soon as you, Megan Kelly, yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, Meg, Megan Kelly, she called out the 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 NFL commentators and everyone who introduced Jill Biden as you know the first lady and Doctor Jill Biden, and she said enough with this sham. You are not a you are not a doctor. You're not a, get an MD if you want to call yourself Doctor Jill Biden. And she's exactly right. And the left is losing their minds. They're all jealous, of course, because Megyn Kelly's, I mean, she's smoking hot and she's smart, which Jill Biden is neither of those things. She's neither attractive nor intelligent. But but the reality is it is a sham, just like the whole Biden family and all these Democrats who, you know, this credentialism, right, where, where, where you get some degree or whatever to pretend like you're smart when you're actually a, a, a raving mad lunatic. And Jill Biden I think it was in 2006, she got, she doesn't have a PhD. Do you know that, Captain? She has an EDD. It's a step below a PhD. So she doesn't even have a PhD. And I'll tell you, the way these things work, you know, her her team of people at the White House, I mean, when, when you're going to be featured on TV like that, just like when I send someone out there with my PR job, you know, the, the host or the producer will ask me how they want to be introduced. Do they want to be introduced as doctor this or doctor that or an author or whatever it is? And you give them the answer. And so the NFL was told to introduce her as Dr. Jill Biden. So she wants to be known as this, but she's a fraud. The only reason she has this EDD anyway is because she went to the University of Delaware. And of course, Joe Biden is the darling of Delaware. And so they gave it to her as a favor. No, no. No self-respecting university would have even given her the EDD to begin with because her dissertation was written at a level below a middle school level. That's how bad it was. It had spelling mistakes, grammar mistakes. It wasn't even comprehensible. Reading it was probably like watching Joe Biden speak. So anyway, there's Dr. Jill Biden. And uh, yes, there you, you've got it up on the screen there, Captain. I got to look away and see. Megan Kelly, if you're just listening, she said, announcers for this Eagles 49ers game just spotted the first lady in a box and, of course, call her Dr. Jill Biden. Wonder if she realizes what a wannabe she looks like insisting on this fake title. Get a real MD or just work on your self-esteem. I mean, good for her. It, you know what that tweet, it sounds like something Trump would have written, to be honest. The, the, way, the way it's written. Um, but, but another thing about Jill Biden. You know, she's such, uh, you know, a, a uh, pioneer for women in this country, right? Such a feminist out there that she, she has so much self-confidence and she's so smart and self-assured and so capable as a woman that she had to cheat on her husband with Joe Biden to ride a man's coattails to success. That's, that's how... How brilliant Jill Biden is. Dr. EDD phony fraud 
Jill. Okay. All right. I want to get into the, you know, the story about, I, I actually don't know how you pronounce his name, Captain. I haven't really watched too much of the news about it. I know what's going on. Tyree Nichols. So, you know, look, this is the, this is the, the, the black man who was recently murdered. Now, the left did their best to try and recreate the circumstances of the summer of love after George Floyd died, uh, you know, with Derek Chauvin, with that incident. They did their best. But, of course, the problem was that the narrative just, it didn't have quite the steam You know why? Because five black men killed another black man. Five black cops killed a black man. And I am not making light of it. Um, It's a brutal video to watch. There's about 30 seconds that are really relevant. And something's wrong with this anyway. I've I've never seen this kind of behavior. I mean, they just take turns beating the guy. And I am going to say something very controversial here. Very controversial because controversy controversy these days is truth. And as the millennial minister of truth, I will not back down from telling the truth. Democrats and their policies got this young black man killed. Let me just say that again. It is Democrat policies that got Tyree Nichols killed. Had Democrats not been advocating and pushing Memphis PD to become this woke police department, Tyree Nichols would be alive today. He'd be alive today. So cue up cut one, Captain. So if you recall, the Democrats pushed for a long time for what? Defunding the police. Defunding the police. Police forces were undermanned. These police departments were devastated by both the vicious attacks from the media against police officers who said they had enough that left. The vaccine mandates also caused a lot of these police officers to leave the force because they didn't want to get the vaccine. And because there was a shortage of cops created by these Democrat-pushed policies, well, police departments like in Memphis, well, not only did they create affirmative action policies that went against a meritocracy, so they weren't hiring the best candidates to become police officers. They were hiring people based on racial quotas, and they were also lowering the standards in order to recruit people to become police officers. So this is a TV news report about what the Memphis Police Department was doing amidst the defund the police movement. Go ahead and play cut one, Captain. Go. Black and Hispanic officers use force far less frequently than white male officers. Problem is, like you said, few people of color want to be police officers. So a new look to the police force is going to take a new approach to targeting, acquiring, and training cops of color. There are so many factors that contribute to the decline of people going into this particular profession. Um, And 
all of those things cannot be really answered in. Hiring events, commercials. Consider becoming a Memphis police officer. Flyers. The city of Memphis, like police departments across the country, is pulling out all the stops to try and recruit new officers. Well, so according to that report, black people make better police officers because they're less likely to engage in the brutal behavior that racist white cops do. And yet we just had on display five black cops committing the most brutal display I've ever seen in my life. Now compare the Derek Chauvin, George Floyd incident to this one. And again, if you haven't seen the video, these five cops chase down Tyree Nichols. They hold him and they take turns beating him, beating him until he's dead. Derek Chauvin was a very different instance. And yet, because he was a white police officer, well, he was accused of murdering George Floyd. Now, look, the left did do their best to try and foment these riots, but again, it just didn't have the same zing because these guys were all black. But it did not stop the media, of course, from calling this another instance of racism in the police force. I mean, this is the reality. Democrats and those that consider themselves part of this social justice movement who believe these lies that America is an inherently racist place and that we as Americans are inherently racist because the Democrats were racist throughout our history, well, it doesn't matter to them what the facts of the case are. They believe that America's racist. They believe that police forces are racist and target black people. Because, you know, police are just hunting black people. That's why people get into the profession. And so it doesn't really matter that this isn't an example of racism against a black individual from police officers. It's irrelevant. They still try to shape it to to fit that narrative. But imagine the stupidity. I mean, five black cops kill a black man. And the media still claims it's an example of racism in the police force. This is crazy. This is crazy. But anyway, I want to get back to how the Democrats are responsible for Tyree Williams' death here. So at least two of the five Memphis police officers who were involved in this incident, this murder, well, they joined the force after the department relaxed its hiring requirements. And it doesn't matter. But anyway, these two individuals, they, they joined the Memphis Police Department in August of 2020. That's what NBC News reported. More than two years after the department dramatically loosened the education qualifications to become an officer. What that means is somebody like Joe Biden could have become a police officer in Memphis. They lowered the education requirements so that somebody like Jill Biden could actually uh, become a police officer had she wanted to. But look at this. I mean, recruits didn't need an associate's degree. They didn't need 54 college credit hours to join the force. And they could get by with five years of work experience. I mean, let me just point out the obvious insanity of what the Democrats do. They they claim that they need new training of police officers. They claim that we need better police officers. They argue that the police officers that are currently serving are should be disqualified, that they're a bunch of, you know, secret racists. 
And what does the Democrat Party do in response? What does the Memphis police force do in response? Well, they lower the requirements to become a police officer. Does that make sense to anyone? If your argument is that police aren't qualified, that we have a candidate problem, if you will, in the police force, the response is to lower standards to hire police officers who couldn't have previously become police officers under the more rigorous standards that preceded it? So these were desperation hires, and this is what you get. This is what you get. I mean, I, I, it's, just, it's just stunning to me that, that, that this happens. And, and I'll tell you where this is going. The, the Democrats want to federalize the police force. That started under Barack Obama. This has long been an objective of theirs. It's probably been a year since I've talked about it on this show, but I think now is an appropriate, relevant time to discuss it again. So we see how the FBI is abused and utilized and weaponized against the American people and political opponents of the Democratic Party. Well, what could possibly go wrong, right? What could possibly go wrong if we federalize the police force? So Washington, D.C. is telling all the police departments and all 50 states what their priorities should be? Is that making our communities safer? Of course not. The police force would then just be another weapon of the administration in charge. Now, we know how this is going to go. It's, it's going to be like a deep state thing where it doesn't matter if a Republican's in charge. They're still going to be controlled by Democrats. That's what happened with the FBI. They weren't working at the behest of Trump when he was in office. They were still working for the deep state to oust Trump. But let's even pretend for a second that these police officers actually did exactly what a Republican administration demanded. Is somebody in Los Angeles going to be happy? Say Trump is back in office in 2025 and the police are federalized. If he's telling the Los Angeles PD what their priorities should be. Is that going to make the left happy? No. And really, this is gets to the crux of the problem in America, period. The federalization of everything, whether it be education. I mean, you name it. I mean, I mean, the country was founded on states rights, state sovereignty. I mean, the gun control argument and all of that, all of that is to this point as well. I mean, when the founding fathers wrote the Constitution, they put the Second Amendment in there as a deterrent against the power of a centralized government. The reason they wanted American citizens in individual states to own firearms, and they meant all able-bodied men, by the way, and the reason they also wanted there to be a state militia is because they feared a standing army. They feared something like an FBI. They feared the weaponization of these things. I mean, all the fears of the founding fathers, despite all their brilliance, despite all of these things they cooked into the Constitution to try and deal with this situation, they've essentially been negated and undermined because the federal government has taken over too much control of the states and everything else. And we see the harmful, damaging impacts and effects of that. And I didn't mean to get into a conversation about the Second Amendment, but I wrote something about it on my Substack, And it's part of a series because 
You know, the argument from the left about seizing guns anyway, or limiting and regulating them, you know, we get into these emotional arguments about there's mass shootings and these should be prevented and people shouldn't die. All of those conversations, even if you want to have them, even if your 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 heartstrings are are tugging are being tugged at and you hate the violence just like any other rational sane American, the fact of the matter is that the federal government does not have the constitutional authority to limit firearms. All of these hundred laws, gun laws in California, for example, that exist, all of them are unconstitutional. And the federal government wants to expand that to all the states. And I mean, Joe Biden, look, the laziest and stupidest argument made by Democrats, which obviously Joe Biden makes because he is the laziest, stupidest president to ever disgrace the White House, is that, you know, remember he said, you know, I, I talked to these, uh, these gun owners and hunters, and they all agree that there's no justification to have 100 rounds. What do you think? The deer wearing Kevlar vests? Uh, hunting is not mentioned in the Second Amendment at all. So Joe Biden does have a point. Um, there is no reason for hunting deer because that, it's not for hunting deer. And the point is, by the way, people get caught up in this militia stuff, right? You know, you've got something called the prefatory clause and an operative clause. The prefatory clause is the opening statement of the Second Amendment, which is about a well-regulated militia. That's the prefatory clause. Now, if you continue to follow, you know, they say that, you know, well-regulated militia, which is essential to you know, maintaining a free state, the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. That's pretty good for memory, I think. Better than a lot of these justices that are trying to, uh, that, that, that Biden's trying to put on the bench. Man, I'm a constitutional co- scholar here. Hey, whatever uh, Republican president out there is listening, you know, whoever it's going to be. Now they're not listening to the show, but nonetheless, my point is, you know, I'll get in there. Sign me up. I'll, I'll be a Supreme Court justice. You definitely um, just prove that you have more knowledge than that other uh, judge that they're trying to put there. I mean, that's true. But, you know, it's not really that much of a, a compliment because, I mean, uh, almost anybody, if you're just not an idiot, um, you know, you're more qualified. Um, I don't even have an EDD like Jill Biden. How about that? <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, but, but look, the, look, the point is. You, you can go in and the, if, if you have a brain and you have at least a, a double digit IQ and you're capable of, of reading, you, you can read all this for yourself. It's not a secret. I mean, the, the left makes it seem like the Second Amendment is so confusing and impossible to interpret. That's a lie. It's not hard to interpret at all. The Second Amendment guarantees the right of all American citizens to own firearms, period. That's what it is. And if you read the discussions that happened amongst the, you know, Federalists and Anti-Federalists when they were writing the Constitution, many of them get into this and they make it very clear. I mean, the, 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 he, he, here's the point. You know, when they talked about a militia, for example, they would distinguish between a general militia and uh, a select militia or select corps, many of them would call them. They wanted all citizens to, to bear arms. But they understood that, look, just like today, nothing's changed since 1788 when they wrote the document. The, 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 the concern was that, look, 
if, if the militia needs to be called upon within the states to defend the state's rights from a centralized government or standing army or some other threat, well, there were a lot of, 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 of I think they called them people in high standing, but citizens in these different communities, some of them had families, they had careers, they had jobs, they were lawyers, they were professionals, they had families to take care of, they had other personal affairs that prevented them, that made them unreliable. You couldn't depend upon them. You know, if you got a threat, you're going to call everybody up. Well, not everyone's able to do that. So they distinguished between possibly needing a select militia from amongst that general militia of the population, which included all able-bodied men. And that select militia, well, they, they, they were people who didn't have much going on at home. That's how they said it. You can read the writings. I mean, basically, you know, people that don't have much going on, their careers, they're younger, whatever else, and they could be called upon. But, but they pointed out that, you know, the, the problem with a select militia that they, they, they wanted to make sure didn't become a problem was that if you feel like, just like if you have a police force, just like if you have a National Guard today, which didn't, neither existed back then in 1788, but if you have a select number of people who you depend upon that are, you know, regulated, um, you know, that, 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 that are trained and so on and so forth, by a state with a little bit of oversight, well, that might deter normal, ordinary citizens not to own firearms, not to, to practice with them and know how to handle them. And they didn't want that. They said, if you to have freedom, everyone has to be armed. So anyway, look, the Democrats can pound sand. You know, I'll get into it more as we go. This issue's not going away. But, but the, the first response to Democrats who are calling for these common sense gun control measures is that they're not constitutional. If they want to do that, there is a lawful process to do it, and it's a constitutional amendment. But there's two reasons the Democrats will never pursue the constitutional amendment route, and I'll tell you what they are. The first is that it's a grueling process, a grueling process, and the likelihood that they would actually get something passed is very small. By design, amendments to the Constitution are very difficult to achieve. And the second reason Democrats won't go through that route is because it would open up debate and it would expose them as frauds and liars. Those are really the reasons they won't do it. And so they just want to chip away at it little by little by little. So anyway, that's my two cents uh, from Drew University today on the Constitution and the Second Amendment right to bear arms. You have the right to bear arms, and anything that prevents you from doing that uh, is unconstitutional. So, look, I want to get into more of this, this Memphis situation for a, sec for a second. Let me say this. Had the... Look, the Memphis police chief should not have been the police chief. The cops who killed Tyree should not have been employed as police officers. And those things were achieved, happened, took place because of Democrat policies. The Memphis police chief had previously been fired by Atlanta police for covering up ch child sex crime. Did you know this, Captain? That's right. Chief uh, Sarah Lynn C.J. Davis of the Memphis Police Department, this is from the post-millennial. Well, <clears throat> She was previously fired by the Atlanta Police Department after being accused of attempting to cover up the sex crimes of a co-worker's husband. Hmm. 
As the Hastings Tribune reports, Davis was terminated from her position as APD's internal affairs commander for her alleged involvement in a botched sex crimes investigation into the husband of an Atlanta police sergeant. So look, two detectives claim that Davis, the the now police chief in Memphis, that she instructed them not to investigate the suspected predator in Atlanta. So her job is to investigate. She's the internal affairs commander. And she told them not to investigate a report because police discovered sexually explicit images of this sergeant with minor girls. This guy was later indicted by a grand jury on charges of producing child pornography. And yet Davis interfered. Davis told them to stand down. Davis told them not to investigate it. Does this seem like a moral, upstanding, outstanding individual who should be the chief of police anywhere in this country? No, but she was the chief of police in Memphis. How about that? So you got her. And then, like I said, you've got these, at least two of these cops who were um, hired on these lower standards. Now, meanwhile, you've got the situation in Memphis, egregious, horrible, and Democrats are responsible for it. Not far away in Georgia, Captain, a cop who was 19 years old, who everyone would be fortunate to have protecting their community, recently resigned because he was suspended by the police department for a religious post on gay marriage. So this Georgia police officer was investigated by the police department for a religious social media post. And here's what he claimed. There's no such thing as gay marriage. Because God designed marriage. That was flagged by his superiors at the police department following an an anonymous complaint. This happened uh, on January 13th, not long ago. Now, look, Kersey was not fired. I want to point that out. I'm not some liar. I'm not here, you know, I'm not the left. I'm not the left. But the point is, this guy was targeted, and he was basically told, hey, I mean, he's investigated for this. He's chastised for it. He's 19 years old. He's on the police force. So this guy's not allowed to have his own opinions. And by the way, He's a cop in Georgia. Uh, I guarantee you a vast majority of the people he's protecting in that community agree with him 100%. He didn't call for violence. He didn't do anything out of line. He expressed an opinion that if you're a Christian is simply a fact. A fact. God designed marriage. For Christians, marriage is between a man and a woman, period. He didn't go bashing gays. He didn't say anything uncouth. He just stated a position that is backed up by his own religion. Now, this would never happen to a Muslim on the force, by the way. I guarantee you, it is an open war on white Christians in particular. And this young man happens to be white. So uh, anyway, Kersey wasn't fired after, after the investigation, but he said he decided to quit because he was told he could face termination for future social media posts that others find offensive. 
Well, what if I report some cop in the department that posts that, you know, an LGBTQ plus flag, and I report that as offensive? That person wouldn't be fired because they're the protected class. Do you see the problem in America that is so widespread? The left is a terrorist organization running roughshod over our culture, over our integrity, over our constitution, over law and order. It's just unbelievable to me. And I just, you know, God bless this kid, Captain. Honest honest to God. Uh, His response, you know, and all this, he says, I did nothing wrong. And they told me that. Kersey said of a meeting he later had with his with the department leadership. That's the reason they did not fire me. They wanted me to come back to work, but they were trying to create a new department policy that would prevent me from saying anything that somehow somewhere could consider offensive. What is an offensive to somebody? Can someone answer me that? I mean, somebody out there. Well, actually, anybody on the left listening to this show for the last whatever, half hour, Captain, they would find everything I have said offensive to them. Am I wrong? So this is about continuing to intimidate, to force people to bend the knee. And look, they just lost a great candidate for their police force. Instead, you have, you know, Memphis happening. And, And the kid goes on, he says, we're not talking about Canada or Russia, or China here. We're talking about the United States. And even within the United States, we're not talking about California or New York. We're talking about Georgia. That's right. The point is, the left has its tentacles so far into all of these departments, the police forces, in all these states. Georgia's a red state. And even Democrats in Georgia. Have you ever talked to the so-called black community or the so-called Hispanic community about gay marriage? They are in favor of traditional marriage to a T. So the point is, this guy is being punished for having an opinion that his entire state shares. And again, if it went the other way and somebody got talked to like this or was told they're going to be suspended if they do this in, the, in, in, in any future instance, saying something like, you know, that the left would favor, all hell would break loose. There'd be riots in the street. So this guy, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe his dream was to be a police officer. It probably was. You know, you don't generally become a police officer or a firefighter or do something like that if you don't really want to do it, especially in this day and age. And this young guy just had his dream killed. Dream killed. He had his reputation stained. People are going to think badly and poorly about him because of the media. But this guy says in the end, but what's important is what God thinks about us, what God thinks about us. And I got to tell you, I mean, I know not everyone, you know, is Christian or even religious out there listening. And that's okay. But I, I just, if, if, if more of us <clears throat> could, could express 
and find a way to get this in our brains, rewire our brains to act this way in which we don't react or behave according to what other people think about us, we would save this country much faster. If we weren't concerned about what the left was saying or what somebody thought about us and we just did the right thing, this country would change overnight. Overnight. I'm telling you, it's, it's not simple, but it is simple. So, meanwhile, by the way, this is a great day, Captain. I mean, in terms of stories. Um, oh, you know what? You know what I was going to say, Captain? Cue up cut two. Sorry, we got all these. I, I gave Captain all these cuts. He's going to kill me. He's going to say, why'd you send me 30 cuts and we, didn't, we played one? Stop wasting my time. Do you know how much preparation I put into this, downloading these clips and getting this show ready for you? You're fired. Mr. Producer is going to fire me. All right. Um, go ahead. I, so, look, I know you're not going to believe me, but you, you, look, I'm going to say something. I'll never say this again, probably. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. You know, her real name's Karen something, you know. I think she's got, I think it's like a Jewish last name. Karen Goldstein or Goldman or Gold, what, something like that. Anyway, another fraud. So, Whoopi, on The View, she actually, unbeknownst to her, I guarantee it, Unbeknownst to Whoopi, she actually said something intelligent. She actually has a good idea, and I want you to hear it. Go ahead and play it, Captain. If it's a white policeman or a black policeman, it is a problem in the police, in the policing itself, you know. Seems things don't seem to make sense to people unless it's somebody they can feel or they can recognize. Mm -hmm. But how many times do we have to... Do we need to see white people also get beaten before anybody will do anything? I'm not suggesting that. So don't write us and tell me what a, you know, what a racist I am. I'm just asking, is that... Is that what people have to see in order to wake up and realize this affects us all? Well, you know, she she backtracked. She realized she had a good idea... And so she obviously couldn't keep that out there because Whoopi doesn't have good ideas. So she caught herself. She said, oh my gosh, I said something kind of smart. I made a point that Drew Allen's going to use on his podcast. I've got to backtrack on this. So yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Captain. Her name is Karen Elaine Johnson. Oh, Johnson's not a Jewish name, so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Oh. Somebody out there's got that name, and I'll figure out who it is later. It wasn't in my head for no reason, but Karen Johnson. Karen Johnson to Whoopi Goldberg. All right. So what do people need to see? Um, Cops beating up white people? I I think that they should. I think that they should because, you know, far more white people are killed by police every year than blacks. It's true. But the way the left talks— They'd have you believe that white people just get off the hook, that they're never arrested, never killed, because what kind of white supremacist police force would punish a white man, right? That doesn't happen. They've got the memo that they are to hunt black people down in the streets, right? Unbelievable. So anyway, look, uh, this is, this, you know, FBI, police forces, they, they put these statistics together. 2017... Uh, This is the number of people shot to death by the police in the United States. 2017, 458 whites, 222 blacks. 18, 
2018, 459 whites, 228 blacks. 2019, 424 to 251. 2020, 459 to 243. You get the point. You get the point. Can you imagine, though, if the media were fair? If they did put all of these in? This is, this is how they manipulate things, by the way. I mean, the media is a powerful entity because it does have the ability to really alter one's reality. So if you were shown every incident in which a black individual is harmed by a police officer or certainly killed by a police officer, of course, the story, the narrative that is being told to you is that there is an abundance of violence against black individuals by white police officers. But the point is, the media didn't know what to do with this story because they were, they were conflicted. On the one hand, they had a black guy who was beat to death, but the problem was it was five black guys who did it. And it destroyed their narrative. And it's why these riots and protests didn't really break out. But, but look, it doesn't make a difference if a black police officer kills a black man. And look, look, there's different instances of this too. I mean, not all are the same. I mean, if you're trying to grab a cop's gun, you know, if you're some violent criminal offender, if you're high on drugs, if you're putting the officer's life in danger and you get killed, that's your fault. That's your fault. So, you know, sometimes, I mean, but the problem is the reaction every time is, oh, if, if, a, if a black individual is killed at the hands of police, well, the police are racist. There's never a discussion about the behavior that led to that moment. Just like there's no conversation today about the circumstances that created this situation in which five obviously individuals who had no business being police officers, no judgment, no compassion, they shouldn't have been cops. Who's responsible for putting them on the police force? Can we talk about that? Can we talk about the fact that C.J. Davis, the chief of police, these were her officers? And she shouldn't have been a police chief to begin with? How about that discussion? And the reality is, a lot of these police forces, they have black police chiefs now. That's the response to this. And in many cases, I'm sure they're deserving of the position. But we have this affirmative action policy in America, which is really harming all of us. Because the best candidates should be serving in positions regardless of their race, or background, etc. I don't care if somebody's gay. I don't care if somebody's black or Hispanic or white. I just want the person who's best qualified to do a job. But instead, we've got Dr. Jill Biden running everything in the country. We've got Dr. Jill Biden on the police force. Dr. Jill, B- and obviously, what I'm talking about is people who don't have qualifications. People get they, they, they get these positions not because they earn them. They get these positions because they're loyal to Democrats. They're pushing an agenda. Not because they're smart. Not because they're good people. And this is the death of America. This is why America, prior to recent history, well, it's why we became, why we are the greatest nation in the history of the world. It's not coincidence. It's because we took the A-team, 
from every country on earth who came here and was willing to work and sacrifice and be poor and contribute to this country and make something of themselves. Now we're importing five and a half million illegals from these other South American countries for the most part who are not coming here to better themselves per se, certainly not to contribute to the country. They're coming here for freebies. They're coming here and importing their third world stupid ideas here. They're not coming here. And I love immigrants. Don't get me wrong. I love immigrants from all over the place, whether it's South America or Cuba. But I love those immigrants because they want to be American. They come here because they recognize that America provides them the opportunity that they cannot find in their country of birth. And they want to learn English and they want to assimilate into society and they want to respect our laws and customs. They want to become American. I mean, it's offensive to me when I see Mexican flags or heck, the Ukrainian flag or all these flags flying all over the place in the United States of America. And I say this, by the way, I always have to point this out, Captain, because most people don't have the experience I have. I was a legal resident of Italy for two and a half years. I loved working there. I loved my job. And I spoke Italian while I was there, even though my employees spoke English. I spoke Italian. And I didn't fly the American flag while I was in Italy because I was in Italy. I wanted to experience Italy, life as an Italian, which I am not. So for me, yes, it's deeply offensive when I see people here that don't learn English. I mean, yeah, I have these conversations with people, Captain. You know, and I, you know, I, I can get by enough. And look, I live in California. I live in Napa Valley. There's plenty of people here. Some are migrant workers. Honestly, a lot of them are illegal aliens who just have been here a long time. And I don't hate these people. I talk to them all the time. But I I talk to them with Italian, with the Spanish that I know, and we can have a conversation. And I've talked to people, Captain. And I say, how long have you been here? 25 years. 25 years? And you don't speak English? No. Really? Really? That's amazing. When was the last time you went home to Mexico or wherever? Oh, I haven't been back. You, you, you mean to tell me you've lived in the United States of America for 25 years and you still don't speak enough English to have a conversation with me? What's wrong with you? Why are you here? And, you know, we can go down the rabbit hole of problems with this, you know. What if we went to war with Mexico? Which side are you going to take? You going to rally behind the U.S. or are you going to go fight for uh, for the cartels? Anyway, all right. <clears throat> this show is flying by, Captain. I don't know how this is happening. It's really wild. <clears throat> well, I got an update real quick for you. As I told you just last episode, I think it was on Friday, I believe. I was fresh back from vacation. My brain was firing at half speed, which means I was still five times smarter than any Democrat. Um. Well, I told you about, about this World War III that's going on, right? Joe Biden once said that if we were sent you, you know, tanks over there or aircraft, well, don't believe people that say he's going to do that because that would be World War III. Remember, he leaned in, that would be World War III. Anyway, well, guess what? Now the Pentagon is talking about sending F-15s over to Ukraine. I told you this was coming. I told you this was coming. And look, 
I can't explain. I, look, I, I'm getting to a point where I can start to cobble some things together and give you some theories on this about what's really going on here. Because NATO and the U.S., Europe, they want a war with Russia. And they are hell-bent on going to war with Russia. And it's, I don't know why. I don't know why. There's corruption in Ukraine. Look, there's been, there, there have been talks about bioweapon labs and things like this that are in Ukraine. Look, there is evidence to back that up. It happened under the Obama administration. Even left-wing rags were reporting on it back then. There's a lot of corruption there. The Democrats don't want you to know about, and many Republicans too, I'm sure. So there's a lot of things that are contributing to this that are unbeknownst to most of us, of course, we're left in the dark. But I guarantee you, whatever's going on with our involvement, it's not for the best, for the good of the United States of America. You can quote me on that. You can quote me on that. You know, I just saw that a Democrat congressman, by the way, Captain, the cult of Fauci's over, I guess, and now we've got the cult of Zelensky. Democrats always have to have somebody to worship that isn't God. Notice that? Well, they just proposed a resolution in the House to get the, whatever, the, 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 it's not a Department of Fine Arts, but whatever. <clears throat> they want the arts division, you know, of the federal government here. They want to get a bust of Zelensky put in the House of Representatives. This is the priority of the Democratic Party. Why are we putting, I, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. You're joking, right? No, I'm very serious. I'm very serious. I wish I had it to put up on the screen or whatever. I don't. Let's do one more thing here real quick. Man, play cut three. I want you to hear something. We have a problem in America, and it's not racist white people. It's racist black people. I told you, controversy. I'm going to get in so much trouble. And unlike Democrats, I understand that not all black people are in a group the same. So this guy goes on The Breakfast Club, you know, with Charlemagne the God. And I want you to hear this raving mad lunatic. Play cut three. America has about 10 major exports. Gold, oil, water, Mm -hmm. electricity. We get a 25% cut permanently. This is perpetual. Mm -hmm. Every time America makes a dollar, we get 25 cents of that dollar as part of the reparations payment. American Africans, 60% of us, make up 10 states. All 10 of the states that represent 60% of us are seaboarding states. We shall automatically control the port so we know what's coming in, what's going out, and we also get a percentage of that. But here's my biggest issue with reparations. Three. Mm -hmm. One, psychological damages. I'm not hearing enough of the reparations talking heads discuss enough about the psychological damages. You know you can get far more from what you're owed psychologically than you can ever get for 243 years of unpaid labor on the plantation. The psychological damage is what what, what affects us the most. Every time you see a black man with a white woman, that's psychological damage. Every time you... Well, there's a racist for you, by the way. Every time you see a black woman... So blacks, according to this guy, as he was going to go on to say, well... They shouldn't be dating white people. They should only be dating within their own race. These guys are lunatics, Captain. These guys are lunatics. This guy's as bad as they come, and I'm sick of this. Only white people can be racist. My A-double-S. This guy's got it all figured out, you know. The psychological damage this guy who looks like he's in his late 20s or early 30s has suffered because of the plantation. What is this guy like a, you know, it's like the transgender folks. I feel like a girl today. I feel like I'm a slave. 
I feel like, uh, you know, it's the 1800s. Gosh, I can just feel it. My reincarnated ancestors, you know, I, I am one of them. You know, some slave. I, I know I'm, I'm living in 2023, but really I'm a slave. Well, he is a slave if he votes for the Democratic Party. I'll say that right now. But I mean, this is this guy. This guy talk. If you want to talk about insurrection, listen to this guy talk. This guy's proposing an insurrection. It's like, okay, well, because the Democratic Party had slaves, and it was Democrats, of course, who were the racists. Well, because they had all this, well, now it's black time to take over the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ports, the gold, the whatever. We're going to get a cut of this. Who does this guy think he is? Joe Biden? We got 10% over here and 10% over there. I, I'm just sick of these people. They, this guy, I'm doing this now, and I'm doing this heated for a reason. Because everyone should respond to somebody like this, like I'm doing right now, with absolute condemnation. This type of language, this type of... There should be no tolerance for this in this country. This is sick. It's perverted. It's dangerous. And it's mental illness. But, you know, this guy's got, you know, New York Mayor Eric Adams on on his side. This guy's forcing all city employees to go through radical CRT-style training to address the importance of racial equality in the workplace and unconscious bias. So this is what they want to teach the kids. This is what the government, blue, you know, controlled governments like in New York City, Eric Adams. Look, think about this. Captain, Eric Adams is a black man. He's a black man, and he was elected the mayor of New York City, the biggest city in the country. And this guy is saying white people are just a bunch of racist. And here's the thing. It's like, well, I'm sorry. I know some of you out there are probably listening and saying, oh, I'm not racist. Well, that is an indication of your unconscious bias. You actually are racist. And by saying you're not a racist is an admission that you are a racist. Because all white people in this country are racist by virtue of being white. You have white skin. You're a racist against black people. Just get that through your head. That's what Eric Adams is training his employees to believe. And, you know, according to this guy, look, you can atone for your sins. Now, you'll never be forgiven, but you can try to atone. And the way you can atone is give your money to whatever, the nearest black person. Just, you know, black pe- give your money away to uh, the church of, uh, I don't know, racistology here. And, you know, that's a step in the right direction to absolve yourself of your sins, even though you don't think you have them. It's crazy to me. But, I mean, Adams is is forcing all city employees to take this training, and they have to complete it by March 6th. He says, our society has used race to establish and justify systems of power, privilege, exclusion, and oppression. And by the way, in the name of writing this wrong, what are the Democrats and what are these lunatics like Eric Adams doing, right, to right the wrong of discrimination, exclusion? Well, they're excluding. That's right. Asians, no need to apply. White people, no need to apply. I've never heard such a thing. You can fix racism by being racist? So anyway... So you're saying that uh, the gentleman there that's asking for reparations. So, so white people should no need to apply for reparations. I mean, kind of a little inconvenient fact here, but over 300,000 white people from Britain were sent to the Americas as slaves. 
You're exactly right, Captain. Hey, and uh, who was responsible for the slave trade to begin with? Well, it was blacks in Africa who were kings mm-hmm. who made money selling blacks to Europeans, to the Portuguese. So are they going to go to Africa to get reparation from, from the, the people who are, you know, they come down that line of kings and uh, tribal chiefs and stuff like that, like, that went out there and grabbed other Africans and they were sent on ships? I mean, because I think those people have a, a, as much fault as, as they said, the white man, I guess. Don't you think? Well, well, you're right. But, you know, the reason they wouldn't demand reparations from Africa is because Africa's a poor country. There's not much money to get. There's not much to gain. Yeah, you know, they don't have much of an economy. Try, Yeah, I mean, if you're smart about it, you go to the richest country possible, right? That's true. Well, okay. I'll, so, so, so uh, you know, I, I, I guess there'll be someone white that's going to ask for reparations from the slave trade because... They had family that were slaves. It's true. It's 300, true. 300,000 of them. I mean, I, I just. Yep. Yep. Well, that's an inconvenient truth, as Al Gore would say, you know. An inconvenient truth. Um, speaking of inconvenient truths, this is a good segue, Captain. So. Scientists, climate scientists. They are scrambling. Do you know why? They're scrambling to explain why the continent of Antarctica has shown net zero warming for the past seven decades. And probably longer. That's Al Gore. All ice caps are melting. Everything's going to be under the sea. But they're actually growing. Did you know that too? Did you know that too? So a recent paper from these two climate scientists, it accepts because their models, you know, can't change it, that Antarctica hasn't warmed in the last seven decades, despite an increase in greenhouse gases. It presents a conundrum for understanding present-day climate change. And um, the ice area, the sea ice area, has modestly expanded. Modestly expanded. So all that talk about melting glaciers, melting, you know, sea ice, well, it's grown. It's grown. So, you know, but, but meanwhile, you know, we've got to get this Green New Deal passed, right? This Green New Deal. I want you to play cut four. This is Kamala Harris. We can't do this without Kamala Harris here. <clears throat> I, I, I want to point something out. Here's what the Democrats do. You notice, Captain, that Democrats call everything a conspiracy theory until they get their agenda passed, and then they immediately, immediately and proudly admit that it wasn't a conspiracy theory, right? Like, like oh yeah, the, um, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, it's all about inflation. People who are saying it's about Green New Deal, green energy, transforming the economy to, to you know, renewable, so- that's a lie. That's a conspiracy theory. That's why it's called, that's why it's called the, inf- look, if it, if it was about, the Green New Deal, we call it the Green New Deal Act, but it's called the Inflation Reduction Act. See? See, I know my voters are stupid. You'll believe that, right? So, right, that's what they said. Inflation Reduction Act. Now, here is Kamala Harris. Play the cut. 
We are doing the work that is about collaborating around the small businesses that will need to do the work that will be the result of all the trillions of dollars we're putting into the infrastructure of our country, including the tr almost trillion dollars that we're going to be putting into a whole new economy that is called a clean energy economy. In the past? That was a, that was a conspiracy theory. Here we go. Uh, I want to end with this, Captain. Gosh, I got a lot of stuff to get into. We'll do it tomorrow. Look, there's a four-star general, Mike uh, Minahan, and Air Force, I believe. He says his gut tells him we're going to be fighting the Chinese in 2025. Chinese President Xi Jinping secured his third term and set his war council in October 2022. Taiwan's presidential elections are in 2024 and will offer Xi a reason. United States presidential elections are in 2024 and will offer Xi a distracted America. Xi's team, reason, and opportunity are all aligned for 2025. Now, I want to point something out. This is not a schmuck. This is a four-star general that is warning you of this. And the point is, we're putting all of our resources into Ukraine. We already have issues with recruitment. We have a weakened military. We're sending our, our equipment, like I said, to Ukraine. You know, the equipment that was left that we didn't leave behind for the Taliban in Afghanistan. And what happens while we're engaged with Europe in a war? This is why I say there are things happening here that we don't know about. But let's just, I mean, look, if this is true, Xi Jinping's not going to have a very hard time talking, taking Taiwan, and the U.S. will have a very convenient excuse for not intervening because we'll be tied up in a war with Russia. China is ascendant, Captain, and the United States of America is on the decline. All right, this is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. God bless you all, and until next time.